It's 7.18 a.m. on July 24, 1915. You and 2,572 members of Chicago's working class settle on board the Eastland, an excursion steamer charted to carry Western electric workers and their families from Chicago to a park 38 miles across Lake Michigan. You're eager for a rare day of summertime relaxation with your family, but not 10 minutes later, the Eastland will claim more lives than the Titanic. Uh, I think I know where this is going. Oh, it's a disaster. I'm so intrigued. Uh, just wait, it gets worse. We are just the masters of disasters, aren't we? Calamity Janes. Welcome to the Calamity Janes podcast, where two anything but plain Janes talk about disasters, calamities, catastrophes. I am one of your hosts, don't dare say co-host, Bailey. I'm Madison, your lead host. Oh my, wow. Okay. I'm bitter. I'm out for blood. Okay. Okay. I said, one time I said co-host. Good grief. Oh, God. Okay. Madison, tell us what catastrophe we are learning about today. Today, we are learning about the Eastland disaster. Sounds vague. I don't know what to expect from this. Uh, I don't think it would be vague if you knew what the Eastland was, but it's fine. That's why I'm here. I, th- I hope you can <laughs> tell me what that is. I think that would be very helpful I, learning about this. We're going to get to that part. I didn't know if you might have heard about this, having lived in Chicago for a couple of years. No. Nope. No, nope, apparently nope. not. I can tell by nope. your face, even though it is very pixelated, that you are clueless. There's only one major disaster that people talk about in Chicago. Oh, that fire? <laughs> yeah, the fire. Uh, this claimed more lives than the fire, actually. Really? Yeah. Let me double The fire check gets that all the quick. attention. <laughs> Please do fact check that. I read we go that. Spreading misinformation. Oh, yeah. If your fire's so cool, listen to my boat. <laughs> Listen to th- oh it's oh so it's a boat the truth comes out it's a boat yeah that stupid fire killed three hundred people this is way more than that only three hundred people oh but there the destruction was pretty cat I mean yeah cost, I think like they had to yeah rebuild, God like, please don't leave any of this in I sound so callous about the fire in fact that's something we will probably cover at some point I <laughs> am just feeling self conscious about my choice because you're I didn't get the oohs and ahs that I thought I would well, you didn't explain what an Easton <clears throat> East East you explain- land. You didn't explain what that was well, to I'm me. It's not impressive when I don't know what it is. It? I thought if I told you there were more victims than the Titanic, you would immediately pick up on boat disaster. I was wrong. No, you're going to have to work harder. I'm sorry. It's me. It's not you. It's me. Yeah, it is you. I'm, I'm doing a great job. Get your co-hosting duties straight. Maybe if I were elevated beyond co-host status. <laughs> yeah, you'll be elevated when you prove it. <clears throat> okay, heavy stuff coming in. So, Aww. I know, I'm sorry, but if you didn't want to hear terrible things, you shouldn't have started a disaster podcast. Disaster podcast, yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. The SS Eastland was one of five excursion boats assigned to take Western Electric employees and their families across the lake to Michigan City, Indiana. The Eastland docked at the Clark Street Bridge and prepared for passengers to come aboard. 7,000 tickets in total had been purchased for the annual excursion that would allow employees and their families a chance to enjoy a picnic, dancing, and music. Oh, so it was a fun, supposed to be a fun day. Yes. This was uh, like the third or fourth year that they had done this picnic, and it was so popular in the last few years that they uh, chartered more boats to take more people. 
So. What year was this, by the way? This was 1915. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is three years after the sinking of the Titanic, just for reference. Gotcha. And kind of about the time of the World's Fair that, that, that Chicago was hosting, right? I'm looking this up. 33. No. Never mind. <laughs> You're very off. You're so off. Oh, my God. I just... Uh... That's the other catastrophe from Chicago, aside from the fire, is H.H. Holmes. Yeah, that is very true. If this were a true crime podcast, we would cover that. Ugh. I know. Uh, so, yes, very popular, uh, like, employee excursion. Like I said, this is Chicago's working class. So these are people who are working six days a week, never really getting a break. And this is their chance to experience a little luxury for the day, get out on the Mm -hmm. lake with their families. Everyone was very excited. People, in fact, were so eager to enjoy their day that they began lining up at 6.30 a.m. for a 7.30 a.m. departure. Everyone dressed in their finest clothes and eagerly anticipated a break from their six-day work week. Fifty passengers were boarded every minute. Whoa, whoa. Six-day work week? We didn't have two days on the weekend yet? I mean, not when you worked for the electric company. I guess not. It must have been before some labor laws kicked in, huh? Uh, yes, definitely. For sure. I think this is like the height of uh, dark, dark labor days. <laughs> like they and their children were working for the electric yes, company. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. 50 passengers were boarded every minute and the 2,500 capacity, tw- sorry, 2,500 passenger capacity was reached quickly. Fifteen passengers? Fifty. Fifty. Five zero passengers every minute. Yes. The boat had a capacity of 2,500 passengers very quickly reached. I think mm-hmm. you can see where this is going. Um, did they exceed the capacity of the boat? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. I did see where that was going. Yes. Okay. As more passengers boarded the ship, the Eastland began listing from port to starboard. At 7.05 a.m. Whoa, whoa. Press pause. Listing. Lord. Swaying from side to side. Thank you. Why you need to use these industry-specific terminologies is beyond me. It starts tilting one way to the other. Bingo. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Okay. At 7.05 a.m., the ship lists to port again, and the engine starts. At 7.16, the list to port reaches 10 to 15 degrees. That is a lot. The, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, and um, so this is in port that it is mm-hmm. swinging? Yeah. We okay. are f- just feet from the wharf. I see. Okay. Yeah. And at this point, the gangplank is still down. Gangplank is what you walk on to get onto the ship. Thank you so much. I anticipated your ignorance. Thank you. <laughs> Please do so in the future as well. Uh, I am asking the hard questions that the people need to know, okay? I know. I wouldn't, I, if I hadn't seen visuals of this, I would have also been in the dark. Yeah, like you're a ship or boating or maritime expert. You hate boats. I do. I am downright terrified of boats. I don't have any reason to be other. I didn't know you were terrified. I just thought you got sick on them. No, I mean, that happens too. But I. <laughs> I don't like being in water I can't see the bottom of. It really freaks me out. That's like all all water, basically, on the on the planet. Most of the water is the water that you can't well, see. Well, yes, I would say the vast majority of the water on Earth is deep. Yes. 
I hate all the water. I do not like any of the water. It's just so mysterious. First, you don't know what's down there. Second, hidden currents, riptides, it, sea monsters, all of it, everything. I think some of those are maybe, are there riptides in the middle of the ocean? Uh, No, I think riptides are just... At the shore? Yes. Okay. But there are currents and... True. Uh, anyways, it's fine. No, the middle of the ocean, my issue there is it's a desert and it's like an ocean desert, Mm -hmm. which is terrifying and Mm -hmm. lonely and just weird, but also sharks and squid and, (laughs) um, unless you're on a big cruise ship where there's also casinos and shows and water slides and restaurants and bars and and storms and listing from side to side and the opportunity to capsize. Did you not see Poseidon? No. When did, what? It was very scary. I saw Aquaman. He's in the ocean. Sometimes. I think that's a very, very strong redeeming quality of the ocean, if you ask me. Um, okay. We well, digress. We... Please continue. All right. Bring it in. Bring it in. <laughs> Bring it back to center. The captain then orders valves to open in an effort to fill the number two and number three starboard ballast tanks, but water does not fill the tanks for seven minutes. So they were attempting to bring on weight to the opposite end of the ship to correct the tilting. Gotcha. Okay. But it, for whatever reason, it takes seven minutes for that to happen. So the listing, kind of, it doesn't write itself very well. It continues. Does it further amplify? Well, so it does. Once the water fills, the ship manages to write itself, although it does remain extremely unstable. Despite this, the gangplank is lifted, and the ship begins to list to port, even though most of the passengers are along the opposite rail on the starboard side. Is he also telling the passengers where to go, or is he compensating for the passengers with the water? Well, so they, at 7.20, the list to port continues, and again, despite this, the crew prepare for departure. From 7.23 to 7.27, passengers are instructed to move to the starboard side, Water begins to, so when it, it is writing itself, but there's some momentum here. Mm-hmm. So when sure. it, it corrects itself, it keeps going in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ship, water begins to enter the ship through port gangways. So lower in the ship where they were boarding some passengers, um, water begins to enter in open areas because, because it's, it's tilting. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that is a strong tilt. It is. The ship once again lists to port at 30 degrees. At 728, the Eastland... 30 degrees? Mm -hmm. One minute later is 728, the Eastland lists starboard at a 45 degree angle. Dinnerware flies off the shelves. The piano on the promenade slides to the port side and nearly crushes two women. People are... At first, people didn't really realize how serious this was until mm-hmm. passengers and objects began sliding across the floor and people started getting hurt. Well, sure. It's like so many disasters we talk about where you're like, you you know you're not the most knowledgeable person around. And so you assume some higher authority, some more knowledgeable person knows what's normal and what's not. And you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to worry about that. It's not for, I'll let the captain worry about that big crack in the side of an airplane until you're like, oh, yes, no, no. In a sense, we're all in this together. We all need to decide what's normal and what's not. Exactly. Yeah. But when a ship is loaded that 
full of passengers, it's probably, mm. even if you did notice something, you can't move around very easily. You can't communicate right. with people very well. At that point, you're all captive. <clears throat> yes. And panic is like the worst thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. So people started getting trapped under falling objects. Um, the those Is on- everyone on the... Um, outside part at this point oh uh, no unfortunately oh. not we are okay. getting there i uh, didn't know if that was like you know when everyone says goodbye they're like leaving port and everyone's still a lot, for the most part a lot of people were doing that okay gotcha it was kind of a dreary day um mm. it was a little rainy even though it was summertime it was like a little chilly a little rainy um not very nice out and so most of the women and children went inside the boat to shield themselves from the rain Oh, no. Yes. Uh, Water began pouring into open portholes. Oh, I'm sorry. Scratch that for a second. I got to go back. I skipped a sentence. Uh, Those on the main deck rushed to the staircase in an attempt to evacuate the ship. This proved to be fatal for many. Water began pouring into open portholes. The Eastland then capsized at 7.30 a.m. and came to a rest in only 20 feet of water and only 19 feet from the wharf. Many on the upper deck were able to easily climb over the railing and walk along the side of the boat to safety. So it capsized. It's on its side, but half of, well, maybe not exactly half, but a large portion of the ship's side is well above water. So a bunch of people could just kind of casually hop over the railing and walk along the side of the ship. And I guess I didn't, I thought capsize was a full... 180 like upside down up. yes but it's not it can't like on the side is just i'm pretty sure on the i had had not sitting upright anything but upright is capsized is I, what it sounds like i think so okay a boat overturned and the water that's vague what is overturned exactly overturned okay Sideways? well this this boat in particular is on its side it okay. is resting right, on its side. Right, because when you said it's 20 feet of water, I'm like, how how tall is the boat? Because from the pictures, it looks like it, roughly half of the boat, or at least a third of the boat, is sticking out of the water. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has rolled onto its side. Okay. Yeah, I could see how that would be easy for people who were on the deck to kind of climb over railings and mm-hmm. especially if it's a slow it sounds like this is a slow process yeah it wasn't it doesn't seem like the rolling itself was so violent as for inside objects flying and people flying everywhere right and getting stuck that was very violent but on the outside kind of a slower roll mm-hmm. um so yeah a lot of the people on the outside if they weren't just kind of flung into the water were able to climb over the railing and just walk and so you can see pictures of like every a lot of this and there are are dozens of people in their finest kind of sunday wear standing on the side of the boat just waiting for someone to come help them out is there a video of this no well that's something that a lot of people google uh yes there are um, it's like a It's like somebody has created a video out of the images. Yes. Documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying with the position of the boat? Sure do. Yes, I do. And you can see this must be when they are trying to write it. Yes, they are trying to write it. Because it looks like one is it's kind of tilted into the water. And that is definitely when they are like trying to bring it back up. The other ones 
it's a good chunk of it is underwater. Yes. I think you're right. Like a third of it is out of the water. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. this is a really large ship. I mean, large enough to hold 2,500 people. Mm -hmm. It's not Titanic size. This is not an ocean liner. But But it's like a ferry, like a ferry that you would. Yes, but it's much longer than a ferry. Yeah. Um, so like I said, because of the dreary weather that morning, most of the women and children were inside the vessel trying to stay out of the rain. Mm. Hundreds of them would become trapped inside the boat. Um, okay. So it seems like they would have, there would be air pockets, like great opportunities for air pockets. But if you are trapped in an enclosed room Mm -hmm. and the insides of boats, ships are absolute mazes, narrow hallways and corridors and things like that. So it's like, yeah, you might be in there, but unless someone can get through the steel, which is kind of designed for nothing to be able to get through um, and, and come to get you from the top, you are trapped. Yes. Interesting that you bring that up. We will come back to that idea. Okay. So as with most episodes of this podcast, there are going to be some really, really depressing things that weren't mentioning. But as always, I try to do my best to mention the good parts. The lessons learned. Yes. Why this will hopefully never happen again. Yes. In this way. Here's the good part. So let's all enjoy it while we're in it. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Nearby boats and tugs, seeing what just happened to the Eastland, immediately sprang into action. John, Excellent. yes. John O'Meara, captain of the tug Kenosha, ordered his tug to be secured to the wharf to create a bridge from the Eastland to the wharf. So all of those people that were standing on the side of the ship didn't even really get wet. They were just able to like walk through this little bridge that he created. And- Awesome. And get off. Yeah. Like, off the... Okay. Yes. So, and that obviously saved those people, cleared the way for trapped people to be rescued. So that was great. Amazing. Uh, Captain Joseph Lamoureux and his crew also wasted no time in aiding in rescue and recovery. The Theodore Roosevelt, which is a ship, not to be confused with the president, was already... Thank you for clarifying, <laughs> just in welcome. case anyone was confused and thought Teddy was actually in the area lifting that boat up. Hey, he would have tried. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, okay, the Theodore Roosevelt was already boarding more passengers to attend the picnic, so it was one of the five ships that was chartered. Crew and passengers from that ship also aided in rescue efforts by throwing life preservers and launching rafts into the water. Three men down at a wrecking plant along the Chicago River saw what was happening and, I love this, commandeered a tug with one shouting, uh, Bailey, I'm going to have you say this line with your best 1915 Chicago accent here. Oh, my God. Uh, come on, boys. I can run that old engine. Give it a shot. Come on, boys. I can run that old engine anywhere. Perfect. Sorry. I, I ad-libbed a little bit. No, that was great. Uh, they those, those three men pulled 50 people from the water on this boat wow. that they just were like, this is mine. Goodbye. I'm the captain now. Mm-hmm. Come on board. That's incredible. Yes. Uh, local businesses along the wharf. Oh, and there are more stories of that, too. But there are, like, dozens of stories of people doing this. Um, and so, like, every single person, because people were really excited about this. And there were, were people seeing them off. There were people who were still waiting to board other boats. So there, there were, were lots of bystanders, so like, many. ready to yes. jump in. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not expecting to have to jump in, but yes. clearly prepared. Oh, man. I just... Ugh. I know. You hope you're that person who does, who doesn't just stand by and think, what am I, how can I help? What can I do? I, I just, I always hope that I'm, a, I'm the person in those emergencies that's like, give me, give me that tugboat 
I'm I suddenly know how to drive it and I'm going to save people. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. I definitely do. I think you would be that person. I mean, I don't know if you would commandeer a tugboat, but I think you would do whatever you could if you that's, were. That's that would be extreme. There is a line between, um, you know, just miss. Uh, overestimating your abilities yeah you know yes because it's not a logical situation that's the other thing is like uh, adrenaline versus logic versus oh it's just lots of lots of things at work exactly local businesses along the wharf opened their doors to rescuers and survivors offering warm meals and emotional support divers wasted no time in attempting rescues and random people off the street jumped into the water to help um, oh, okay. See, but that's the thing. The people who jump into the water to help, what can they do in the water? Um, some people were drowning, weighed down by clothes. Oh, okay. They were... Right, because you said they're in their, like, best. So women yes. in heavy dresses and kids in, in multiple layers. Yeah. There gotcha. are infants. There are teenagers. There are women. There are lots of okay. horrible stuff going on. But um, I did see one place where a boy who jumped in to help also drowned. And I think he's the only non-passenger casualty. Mm -hmm. Um, But it sounds like the vast majority of the time, whoever came in to help saved at least a couple of people. That's amazing. This part is crazy. So welders working at a nearby job site rushed to the scene with their equipment and began cutting holes in the ship's hull to free trapped passengers. Okay, that that is doing some serious work. And yes. good thing they were nearby because that's the thing is, like I said before, not meant to be able to be penetrated by literally anything. Yep. Uh, Captain Harry, I'm human garbage Peterson, who was <gasps> oh, captain. Oh, it sounds like you have a strong opinion of him. I think we all should. He was okay. the captain of the Eastland that day. Uh, he ordered the welders to stop as they were ruining his ship sorry at some point your ship isn't doing its shiply duties and you gotta it's no longer a ship it's on its side it's not shipping anymore exactly it's yeah people witnessing captain sucks a lot's actions ordered for him to be drowned (laughs) what tell me i'm wrong names how many nicknames do you have i had this i just stopped they were they were getting more aggressive as time went on okay uh so people witnessing his actions ordered for him to be drowned, <laughs> but the police opted to take him into custody instead. One welder said he stopped momentarily when he heard the captain yell at him to stop, but then he saw that he'd been arrested and kept going and saved three people. Well, that's good that they actually stepped in and were like, no, you bananagrams. This is not <laughs> logical. Let's go. Yes. Western Electric, despite not being able to provide a passenger manifest, immediately established several information bureaus in an effort to facilitate communication between separated friends and families. All within 90 minutes of this happening, had they set up places around the city for people to figure out how to help and what happened. Yeah, and who's... who's safe and who's not yes the red cross and chicago department of health also provided invaluable aid both in the immediate aftermath of the disaster and in the planning of funerals and the general bereavement process for families uh but for the rotten captain of the eastland this is thankfully a rare example of every single person who could help doing it amazing and they saved hundreds of lives by doing that um Okay. I kind of wish you'd save that for the end because I'm feeling warm and fuzzy and I have a feeling 
This is about to take a I know cold hard. If turn. I if my baby had gotten more sleep, I probably would have uh kind of remapped this. <laughs> but I wrote it to get it down, and then it, this is the way the cookie crumbles. It is what it is. We'll recap at the end. Yes. So uh, there is a cruel irony in all of this. After the sinking of the Titanic in 1912, there was an international movement to ensure every vessel had lifeboats for all. Absolutely. That was one of the biggest flaws on the Titanic. Mm -hmm. In March of 1915, President Woodrow Wilson signed a bill requiring said lifeboats to accommodate 75% of a ship's passengers. Seems like a great idea, right? Wrong. Only 75%? Yeah, I'm not really... I did not look into that part i i sure hope that if i get on a boat these days ship these days Mm -hmm. it has enough lifeboats for everyone what fraction of the people do they think are cool with like not being in a lifeboat yeah well and i don't know if that means lifeboats need to accommodate 75 percent while the rest are on rafts or life jackets and all of that i don't because the the fatal flaw with titanic was that they weren't prepared for anything to happen so they didn't They didn't have enough vests. They didn't have enough boats. Nothing. So I don't know if that 75% is just lifeboat specific. Still? Yeah. No, I'm with you. Who wants to be the one who's like, oh, no, no, you take the secure. They are very cool. Have you ever seen like a security uh, or not a security, but like a safety training video on a ship? Lifeboats are incredible these days. And so you're looking at like this little bubble that they keep you in that is fully equipped with everything you need to survive for X number of days versus a raft. Yes. Like, which is inflatable and different. Yeah. I mean, I think of um, Richie. Did you ever see the the, um, movie Richie Rich? No, I did not. Oh, I mean, it's not like a cinematic masterpiece. It just holds a special (laughs) place in my heart because it's a child's movie that I really love. But his parents go down in a plane crash, but there's a raft on board. Um, but they're like in the middle of this tropical ocean, sunburned to a crisp, nothing to eat. Like they're just open to the elements, but they made it. Yeah, I would definitely not choose to be on a raft instead of a lifeboat. Yeah. So during debate for the bill uh, that Woodrow Wilson signed, mm-hmm. it was warned that Great Lakes vessels specifically have two shallow drafts that would turn turtle. That's the word that they use, turtle, if you navigated them with all that additional lifeboat weight on the upper decks. You are going to clarify what turtle means in this context. I think that is a true capsize. They flip upside down. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's what the Eastland would have done if the water wasn't so shallow. Shallow. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because they're so top heavy. Like I said, when mm-hmm. you start listing and you get momentum and you go side to side, mm-hmm. you're going to flip over eventually. Uh, so, uh, yes, they would turn turtle if you navigated them with all that additional weight on the top. Obviously, no one listened. The Eastland was designed to carry six lifeboats. On July 24th, 1915, it carried 11, 37 rafts. And life jackets for all 2,570 passengers and crew. Okay. Most, if not all, were stowed on upper decks. Which no one was on. Uh, I mean, not everyone was on. Yes. But even so, um, that's 
so much more weight than the upper deck is meant to carry. Yeah. But so much more weight than the Eastland is meant to carry. And then where they're carrying it is a huge problem as well. I see. So do they think that is ultimately, in, in addition to having too many people on board, having the weight where it was, the existing weight where it was, is that a contributing factor? Well, so the Eastland was built 13 years earlier to carry 500 people for what? light trips. The boat was poorly designed overall and repeated modifications to make it faster and to increase capacity only made it less stable. Of course it did. Yeah. A year after it was built, the Eastland nearly capsized with 3,000 people on board. And they were like, oh, okay, that's too much. We reached our limit. Okay. Yeah. Two years after that, it listed dramatically with 2,530 people aboard, which is 20 less than what they had. So there are multiple warnings at this point. That's 30 more than they had at this point. Um, Yes. Yeah. So they they knew. They knew that the boat was in really bad shape. Cool. In total, of the 844 people that died, there were 228 teenagers, 58 uh, of the victims were infants and young children. Mm-hmm. 70% were under 25. In fact, the oh, average man. age of a victim was 23. Oh, man, because there it was a family affair. And they probably just had young workers then anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and they said man. several women were pregnant. Many went home as widows. There were some widowers, too, who were on the upper deck who were able oh. to escape. Yeah, um, it is awful. It, it's just absolutely horrible. So they they knew that the ship had problems big time. It sounds like there were many red flags. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the captain the captain like this is just a ship? Is that the deal? So they were talking about that a little bit. There was some back and forth. Well, here, let's get to that part. Sure. <laughs> Captain, I'm the worst person ever, Peterson, was Mm -hmm. never convicted of any crime. There was a trial, but ultimately the court found that there wasn't enough evidence to hold any one being accountable. Instead, it was reasoned that poor design and overloading was to blame. Which, to me, if you break hmm. it down, overloading seems to be an issue of the captain slash crew. And poor design is something that you could trace back to who'd been owning the boat and modifying it. I get right. And but even if he's not the one who's owning it and modifying it, he knows he has this boat that has had issues, Mm -hmm. um, is prone to listing, capsizing and potentially capsizing. So it kind of is your call when you say how many people you allow on board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I would think. I, I don't know exactly how all of this works. Unless it's the company selling tickets. Maybe that's the other thing. Is he's just like, the, you know, it's his boat, but it's the, the company, whoever is managing this ship is like, well, you have this many souls on board. Tough. Yeah. Tough it out. Exactly. There was a lot of back and forth about who exactly to blame. They ultimately, I didn't include this part. Because it seems like just a whole, a big mess that mm-hmm. is not satisfying for anyone at the end. Um, that they ultimately settled on one man who I think it like knew the boat very, very well, had been involved in the modifying process. He mm-hmm. ended up dying unrelated to this during like the trial process. And so everyone was kind of like, oh, okay, 
Whoops. I guess, like, natural causes? Or... Yeah, I think so. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Not that it makes a difference, just curious if someone had it out for him after all this. Nope. No, like... no, it was not revenge. It wasn't from the disgusting Chicago River water that anyone was exposed to. I have a feeling, yeah, even back then it was, well, especially back then. Now there are all sorts of issues with, like, E. coli and just stuff, you know, bloom stuff that Mm -hmm. grows. I can imagine back then with, like, industrial waste. Yeah. Bad news. Bad Uh, news. um, Fun fact, Clarence Darrow, do you know who that is? Not a clue. He represented the defense and apparently did an excellent job because... Okay, so he's he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. Of he... course I don't know who he is, and you do, Ms. Law School. I did not know who he was before. I oh. probably should have, but I did not know who <laughs> he was. But he was known as being like a, like a bulldog, kind of. He was hmm. uh, like intense. He was really, really, really good at his job. Anyways, apparently. he represented the defense... Did a great job because no one was ever held accountable for this. Um, There were civil suits, but liability was limited to like $46,000. In this instance, who specifically is the defense? Is it the captain? Is it the company? It sounds like it was the the captain and the company. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, that's what it sounds like. Okay. Okay. Uh, The Eastland was raised about a month after the disaster and was sold to the Illinois Reserve, where it was recommissioned as the USS Wilmette and ultimately scrapped after World War II in 1947. So it was used as a military ship after? Yeah, it sounds like it was used for training, mostly. Okay, I was going to say, well, even for training, though, like... It's so unsafe. As long as they kept the passengers low, but you're like, you know, good on them for not wasting resources. On the other hand, it's like, you know, this boat is prone to everything it's prone to. Um, So unless you're using it for like emergency evacuation training. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. They're, uh, yeah. So that. Complex and not easy. Yes. Not, it is difficult to, I don't know. This is very, very sad. 844 people died. Is awful. It's terrible. Mm. But it was um, everyone, I mean, everyone who could do something did something, but for the captain. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I'm looking at them trying to raise it back up. It looks like they, did they drain or not drain, but like lower the water in that port because it looks very low i'm not sure i don't know mm. i did not look into that part at all oh and you can see picked yeah the holes in the side of the mm-hmm. in the side of it yeah did they say were they able to save anyone that way yes wow yeah excellent they were they did save some people i don't think that was the main way that they save people but yes yeah they certainly were well because again it's like how many people were on that side of the boat in inside, you know, and it's a maze in there. So I totally understand how they wouldn't, but mm-hmm. yeah. For them. Um, so yeah, it's really devastating. It's very depressing. But if I try, I was googling like what changed after the Eastland and everything. Everything got safer and better. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. The answer was nothing. That sounds inconclusive and unsatisfying. Yeah, I don't really think anything changed. I think now. That law people follow laws more i think that's good yeah i think with the rise of like social media or just media in general that we um i don't know people are held more accountable for things 
and that's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, even when you're, you know, like renting boats and stuff, they're like, people will check that you have all of the life vests you need to have on board, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So that is the story of the Eastland disaster. Well, thank you for sharing that sad, but at the same time, heartening, uh, given the way everyone, everyone who could jump in did, and they saved lives as a result. They sure did. And uh, people often speculated as to why no one had really heard of this outside of Chicago. Right, Um, because it's big. Like you said, it's, uh, you know, in terms of the casualties, bigger, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. More people. Way more than the Titanic. And uh, but there were no wealthy people on board. There were no. Wait, not not more than the Titanic. Mm -hmm. What? I thought I thought like twelve hundred people. No, no. The Titanic. Here, you can look it up. (sighs) Gonna look it up. Okay. Titanic. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen hundred people perished when the ship sank. That's not what the Smithsonian said. It said. More people died here than... Okay. It is crazy, though, to think that for as big as the Titanic was, it had 2,000 people, over 2,000 people on board, 2,240 passengers and crew, more than 1,500 lost their lives. But wild to think that the Titanic, I don't know how much bigger it was than the... Are you for real? Eastland. Eastland, Eastland boat. Um... But they had a very similar number of people on board, right? Oh, I think it might mean that it killed more passengers than the Titanic's passengers. Oh, because the I crew, see. a lot of the cr- Titanic's casualties were the crew. I see. Yes. The crew suffered the most casualties with about 700 fatalities. Sorry, wow. that's a very misleading statement that I did not mean to, to make misleading. That is... And, I mean, it does speak to how much crew. But, again, it's like comparing the sizes of the boat and the ship and yet how many people, just people, Mm -hmm. crew, passengers were on board is astounding. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is very, very correct. Um, uh, Just for the record, the Smithsonian article that I was reading about this, which was very helpful and will be linked in the show notes, the title of it is... The Eastland disaster killed more passengers than the Titanic and the Lusitania. Why has it been forgotten? Just for the record, that is what it says. You could see. Well, I I did look up the numbers. That's <laughs> a little bit of a clickbaity headline, then. It sure is. I mean, eight hundred and forty-four is not an insignificant number, but um, combined, not combined. No, not combined. Okay, I was gonna say. Yes, as far as passenger goes, passengers go. And was the Lusitania a sister ship? To Titanic? No, it was a uh, a, it was a military vessel. Oh, I see. Are you thinking of the Carpathia? Sure am. Yeah. That's what it is. Yes. Uh, I had the same now, thought. And now we start <laughs> our episode on the Titanic. Here's the, and the Titanic. Carpathia. Yes. Um, oh, I was so obsessed with the Titanic. Mostly obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio. Who but wasn't? Yeah. But because of the Titanic. So I had like all those weird scholastic book fair books that you could get about the titanic (laughs) yes i mean who didn't what that's really how we got well you had them because i had them so (laughs) acting like everyone had them (laughs) i thought they did (laughs) 
I thought everyone was just as interested in no. horrible things as we were. No, no, no. I can tell you 236 people, or sorry, uh, there are like 80 people who are just as interested in horrible things as we are. Uh, anyways. That's true. And thank you to each and every one of you yes. who have subscribed or downloaded. Thank you so much. We love you deeply. Boy, you really did a 180 <laughs> on your affection and how you show it towards people. Yeah. I try. Why don't you love me that much? Um, Because you called yourself host and me co-host. Same thing. No, it's not. Could be. Ugh. Anywho. You're just words. You're just a word. I am. Ugh. Yeah. So that uh, that's, that's the thing. You know, there's... I... Maybe we can segue this into writing children's books about disasters uh i think before this episode started we were just talking about how jarring children's books that are very clearly written for the adults who are reading them are not good children's books yeah that's a that's a good point yeah i think these we would be writing children's books for adults and children would be like stop reading this to me um the my law school roommate's grandmother wrote a children's book about the Donner Party. I'm sorry. What? Yes. Have you read this book? I have not. It sat in our living room for a year and I never got around Why to it. Why didn't you I read it? Know. How do you tackle something like the Donner Party for children? I don't know, but when we talk about it, I should probably get it off Amazon. I should probably read it. That's where I'll pull yes. all my research from. I think yes. it's called something like, oh no, the Donner Party. I don't know. That's not true. I don't know. What an understatement. What an <laughs> I, understatement. I need to oh, look it up. No. I have no clue what it's called. I just, I can like vaguely see the cover in my mind and I'm pretty sure there's someone saying like, oh no, whoops, we ate each other. Well, yeah. <laughs> whoops. Um... Well, okay. I have been proven wrong. Um, apparently, there is a demand, or at least a supply, of children's disaster books. Children's book about the Donner Party. Because that's there's a, vi- a big difference between the fact-based... The books that I had about the Titanic were like, fun fact this is the china pattern that was used in first class and it came from here and it cost this much and blah you know like things like that a children's book is like the retelling and almost repackaging of a disaster for kids yeah it's kind of like it's not something that kids need to know about uh it will you be reading it to your baby maybe that's not a no. My stupid husband probably won't let me. <laughs> um, no, because he doesn't want to scar her or traumatize her. Oh, she doesn't know words yet. She barely knows, like, mom, <sighs> baba. No, she doesn't know any words. I mean, she's getting some single syllables in there. She's starting to learn no, and boy, does she not like that. Who does? <laughs> yeah. This, this is true. When she was told she could not pull on her daddy's beard, she screamed and then gave him the cold shoulder for the rest of the day. And this is a test. This is the, how you respond to this will determine how she reacts to the word no for the rest of her life. And I can tell you what Ryan did after she screamed was he brought her to me and said, here, take your child. I need a break. I think we need a break from each other. I think we need a little vacation from each and other. And then about five minutes later, he was like, okay, 
I'm good. That's fine. It's like, all right. But she didn't forget. No, she did not. She gave him the meanest looks for the rest of the day. Um. Okay, we're very off topic. All right, that that was the Eastland. Sure. Uh, Thank you for sharing <laughs> the disaster of the Eastland boat because they don't have ships on lakes. I learned that. There you go. At some point in my life. Fun fact. (laughs) No matter how big it is, it's not a ship if it's on fresh water. There you go. It's a vessel, I I suppose. Yes. Yes, it's a vessel. Is that right? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's right. I've not heard that, but you stick to it. You know what? If you say it confidently enough, people will leave you bad reviews. Hold on. I'm looking this up. I mean, it's a boat for sure. (laughs) These vessels are traditionally called boats, although classified as ships, but because... They are on the Great Lakes and not oceans. They are boats or lake freighters or lakers or bulk carrier vessels. According to um, this excerpt from Wikipedia. I didn't even <laughs> click into the article. You know what? I'll take it. I use so much Wikipedia these days. It's such a better resource than it was 15 years ago. Sure is. Okay. Anyways. Uh, Thank you so much. <laughs> I think this is like the third time I've tried finishing this episode. I'm Thank so you sorry. for sharing this disaster with us today. It is a very impactful one. And just, it's like lesser known. It's really not that well known, but it's big. Yes, it is. Big deal. Big, big deal. Big deal. Big deal. So thank you for that. We appreciate it. Me, the listeners. We appreciate you. Um, and to all those listening, thank you. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please rate us wherever you listen to us because uh, we so appreciate it. And we will catch you in the next episode, won't we, Moo? Yes. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Later.